Good morning, and welcome to another episode of That Which Does Not Kill Us. I'm your host, Sarah Arnold, and today I want to talk about um, pretty much the event that led to what I would refer to the death of a marriage. It's probably going to be the title of this episode, um, because what I'm noticing, the further I go into... Um, my healing journey, I guess, or whatever the fuck you want to call this, is that, um, no matter how much I wish it didn't, like, it still impacts me in a lot of ways, and I've been, I've been trying to find ways to, um, move on from that, and, um, I stumbled across something this morning, and it was, a video on TikTok. It was basically had, I don't remember the technical term for it, but it's um, like, I think it's like bilateral audio or whatever. And anyhow, it's supposed to <clears throat> induce um, EMDR, basically. And what that is, for those of you that don't know, um, EMDR is um, eye movement something or other. And basically what it is, is um, it's a form of therapy that is used to help process trauma. Now, it is believed that, um, that what, basically what it is, is it's like, um, you're, it's almost like you're, uh, activating, like, rapid eye movement, not dissimilar to how, you know, your deep sleep helps you to process, um, you know, things throughout the day like for the REM sleep, right? Similar principle, but literally used as a therapy to process trauma because of where trauma gets stored in the brain is not in the same place as um, where it's stored um, in terms of like, just like your regular shit that you deal with every day, okay? So, I stumbled across this video today and uh, I decided to follow directions. Like I put in my little headphones, turn my phone sideways and listened and like took myself back to that place and I don't know like so here's here's the deal right in February of 2021 things were um not going well between my spouse and I um there were a lot of other issues that had come up um and the last like year or so. Okay. And it just, if I had to give a brief synopsis, things weren't going well within the marriage. Um, we were very distant. Um, I don't know. It's just, we weren't in a good place. Okay. That's what I want to start the story by saying is that we really weren't in a good place in terms of our marriage. Um, I was probably already had one foot out the door. And so this one day I get home from work, right. And Christian is feeling really affectionate, like just really fucking cuddly, really fucking affectionate, you know, just wants to like hang all over me and whatever. And I'm, it's kind of weird because of, again, where we're at, but that's okay. Um, so what ends up happening is like Christian asks if, uh, I want to go in the bedroom and lay down and I say, yeah. And so we end up going and laying down and watching TV and like all the while, like Christian's got me in this, um, 
Like, it's this really intense, um, like, it's like a bear hug kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, the whole time. And come to find out, I was fucking tired. I dozed off and while we were watching TV and um, I wake up. And basically what I wake up to is, like, being fondled and fucked. And, um, the thing that sits with me on this, and, like, this is something where, <clears throat> like, it took me a very long time to even be able to say the words that I was raped by my spouse. Um, I still have a very overwhelming sense of shame for everything that played out. And I say that because of habits and patterns. And so my ex had a habit of becoming affectionate when he wanted sex. Okay. Like that's pretty much the only time like Christian was really affectionate in any capacity is when he wanted to fuck. Okay. So let's just call it like it is, you know, rip the fucking bandaid off. And so the fact, like I've been beating myself up for like the last two years because I didn't see it coming, you know, B because of the levels of physical affection that were engaged in that night when I got home from work, um, in the aftermath of everything, I've been beating myself up for two years because I didn't see it coming. Because I didn't see the pattern, and I th thought that we were just having a good day amongst what had become increasingly bad days. Many, many, many bad days. And um, sitting with that, like, I know it sounds really fucked up because, um, like, how can you know? You know what I mean? How, how can you know... You, you can't expect, uh, you know, some random power play because you haven't been sexually active with your spouse, you know, in a considerable amount of time. But there's a very large part of me that is like I've been holding that over my own head for such a time frame that I should have known. You know, I, I should have fucking seen into the future and known that this was coming because of the physical affection that was being doled out when I got home from work. You know, I should have seen the pattern. And that's what I've been holding over my own head for at least two years. Um, but at the same time, um, we c conversed after everything went down, right? Because, like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I, I felt like in those moments, like, do you ever have those dreams where it's almost like you're moving through jello? Like, you have no force behind your moves. It was like that. Like, I, I remember waking up and, like, trying to push him off me. And it's like my arms were, like, jello. And so, like, I couldn't. And they just fucking let him finish. And, you know, like, I... Like, he, he fucking asked me what was wrong. And, I like, I had to spell it out. You know, like, I had to spell out that I was asleep to somebody that I had been living with for 15 years. 
that just, just think about that for a second okay if you live with somebody for that much time you know you get very acclimated to their body posturing and how they operate their habits you know there are signs like um and the one that i'll use as an example is that i've always been a deep sleeper you know like for a very long time for a very good portion of my life i've always been a very deep sleeper and so <clears throat> Typically, I'm I'm not one to, I'm not a sleepwalker. I have been known occasionally to talk in my sleep, but the thing that um, really stings about that is that you mean to tell me you didn't know I was asleep? Like, really? I find that very hard because that was the response that I got. It was like, I didn't know you were asleep. Like, seriously? 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 Um, I find that very hard to wrap my mind around. That this person that I had been spending my life with, that I had built a life with, that I had committed to, you know, for, you know, a considerable time frame, could not tell, could not see the context clues that... I was not in a state of consciousness. You know, like, I've, it's fucking baffling to me. Like, it's completely fucking baffling to me that, like, these weren't things that were observed. And I just, I had a lot of um, spiraling after that. Um, that's pretty much when I stopped sleeping. Well, um, I, uh, was sleeping maybe three hours a night at best. And that was even with the help of sleep aids. And I remember asking the question, like, because of the quality of my sleep, like, have you done this before? Like, is this not the first time? Um, and for a very long period, things were just, they got worse in the house. Um, you know, it would happen quite frequently within <clears throat> the two weeks that followed that, um, like, I don't know how to describe this any better, but I'm going to try. Like, the nervous energy and the tension was so high within the house. Uh, Christian was constantly, like, pacing and anxious and nervous. And um, Christian would disappear and go on these drives for prolonged time frames. Just go on these drives. And there were many times that Christian asked me to go with. I went once towards the tail end of that really intense period and I if I were to describe it what I would say goes a little something like this um I really 
really wondered, like there was a very heavy air about it where like I couldn't help but wonder if I go with you, am I going to come back? You know, like, are you just going to fuck, like, are you going to drive this bitch off an embankment? And you know what I mean? Like, are you just going to take me out into the fucking, you know what I mean? Like, what's going to, what's going to happen next? Because, like, you could feel the adrenaline and, you know, all of those um, stress hormones. Like, you could feel it in the pulse of the household. It was so thick. You could cut through that shit. Um, and like, it was just the whole time. It was very, very difficult. And like, I, the only thing I knew to do, like I had to leave, like I had to fucking leave. I, I couldn't stay anymore. Like that was it. That was the nail in the coffin was, you know what I mean, basically being disrespected, devalued, and treated like I'm nothing more than a piece of meat by this fucking stranger that was supposed to be my husband. And... What I'm realizing now is how long I've been carrying the effects of that, even though I know it wasn't my fault, and I know there was nothing I could do to prevent it, there's still a part of me that feels like I'm to blame because I allowed this to happen and by that what I mean is there there have been many times off and on you know throughout the parameters of the marriage in which I was unsatisfied um there were many moments in which um I thought I'm not even kidding about literally like putting all my clothes in my car and just fucking running off like just disappearing um, now what I can't tell you is how many of those times were, um, based on other underlying things that I haven't dealt with and how much of that was also based on what was happening in the moment. Because realistically speaking, like if I look back, like honestly, with open eyes, we didn't have a healthy marriage. We didn't have good communication on some, like, it's really strange. Like there were some things we had really good communication on. And then there were some things that we just didn't communicate on, like at all, you know, it was like, there was a certain level of like projecting what you, what you thought you wanted your spouse to be, you know, instead of just being you and being authentic to yourself, there was a lot of that kind of like projecting of who you thought your, you wanted your spouse to be on some level or, um, like who you felt you had to be in that circumstance. Um, and so like, 
the thing that I carry with me, and I don't know how to release it. Maybe, maybe I have. Maybe that stupid little video that I came across um, helped. I don't know. But um, is like moving past that and being able to see like, but who am I? Like, who am I really? You know what I mean? And to become a fully functioning human being because I've noticed um, things that have come up because I I've, have been involved with multiple people um, since I moved out and there's my safe place seems to be emotionally unavailable people and I say this because the last person that I opened my heart to like really like is the person that did this you know it's hard to sit with like it's really hard to really hard to um, sit in that and see you know that the last person that I you know did everything for like just basically treated me like a piece of meat and discarded me you know when things were hard between us and I just want to say it's very difficult um to go through something like that and not have it impact you on some level. It's very difficult. And what I'm noticing, how this is impacting me in the present day, is that, like, I am terrified. Like, terrified to love anyone like any caliber of um like real emotional um intimacy or a desire for it rather like it it sets off my uh, like it sets off alarm bells in my body and in my mind and um it's like i automatically go to the place of like a threat response and i don't know how to not do that like i don't know how to um be with another person and not feel like they're threatening to me. Um, it's very difficult to literally to sleep, like to sleep with another person. Um, like I have a very hard time doing it without um, 
additional substances. Um, and the reality of it is, is like, if I want someone to be safe, or if I want, like, if, if, if I want, like, fuck, if I want that thing with another person, like, it is, like, I, I can't, like, it's like for, like, it's almost like on a subconscious level, I will find a way to not allow myself to have that. <laughs> because the fear is embedded so deep that it's... I, I can't step, like, it's like I can't step outside of that situation <laughs> to see that um, everything that, you know, that it's not my fault, that it's really hard to be objective, you know? Like, it's really difficult to understand that the person in front of me is not the threat, you know? The, the, essentially, the, the threat has passed. The person that I'm looking at is not the threat. This, that already occurred and now I need to move forward and I need to um, I don't know I don't want to say find a way to be at peace with it but fuck I can't think of better words right now at least find a way to be at peace with it to the best of my ability because it's like it, it's paralyzing like I don't know how to describe it any better, but it, it's paralyzing. Like, the, the level of fear that's attached to that is paralyzing. And so, what I find myself doing on a very consistent basis is, um, I'll find a way to build the walls. And it's like almost on a subconscious level, there's that, um, that self-sabotage where I, I will find a way whatever walls need to be built in that circumstance where this is the thing that I desire I will fucking like on a subconscious level I will hone in on whatever that is and that is exactly what I will create and it's easier you know to it's easier to have a regulated nervous system when I'm not talking to anybody you know it's easier to have a regulated nervous system <laughs> when I don't want to be close with somebody. Like, this is an observation that I've made. And that, um, I don't know, like, it, it's definitely a case of, you know, if you don't heal from your, like, I see these stupid things on the internet all the time, and it's, there's some truth to it. Like, if you don't heal what hurt you, you'll bleed on people that don't, didn't cut you, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so... And so, yeah, I stumbled across this video this morning and I decided to give it a listen and see because I find that this is, um, it's like this cloud that's hanging over my head that it's been keeping me, um, 
in a stuck position, like on an, like on an emotional level when it comes to human connection for a very long time. And I don't know, it's, it's been really hard to process. And I think the biggest challenge with that, that I'm going to face, you know, if I, if this shit works, cool, but like, is not beating myself up about it when it comes up because like I've been doing that pretty consistently for like two years, you know, and I, I don't know how to not do that. That's going to be the real challenge is, you know, that radical acceptance that it is what it is. I can't undo anything. I can't be better. You know, like this isn't a circumstance where I can learn and be better because there, what is there to learn? So I don't know. I just got to sit with it, I guess, somehow and learn to be at peace with how everything turned out. So that's all I've got for today. Everybody, I hope you have a great day and be well.